Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Okay, it's early Saturday morning. I'm going to keep my voice down, not disturb Lorraine. Um, flying out here shortly to Texas to shoot a short film to tell a founder story uh, as part of my day job, and I'm super excited about that. If you want to find out about my day job, go to voicelocket.com. I'm very proud and very excited of that. We have weathered the tropical storm, but one of my favorite places in the world was oh, tremendously damaged, Sanibel Island, where we spent more than 20 years every, every spring break with Lorraine's parents. And it's a magical place, and it was devastated. My heart goes out to the people there, to the wildlife, to, it's just, it was a terrible storm. Um, so lots of things happening. Last week was in Florida, this week in Texas, next week in Tennessee, uh, but we still get this podcast out and you're, you're gonna, you're gonna love, you you just fall in love. What a delightful young woman, uh, this week. Hope you enjoy. As soon as I saw that she just didn't even think about it, I wanted to be like that. I just wanted to eat the food, live my life, you know, love my body like she does. This is In Her Words, a podcast from manlisting.com, featuring one man listening to the stories of real women in their own words. In Her Words, a conversation worth hearing because every woman deserves to be heard. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of In Her Words, the podcast. We've not missed a week since we've begun, closing in on 150 weeks, three years. It's amazing. Thank you for being with us. This week, uh, I don't talk to beauty queens. I have not talked to a beauty queen on this podcast. Might as well. People feel some type of way about beauty queens. Um, but this young woman has used the beauty pageant, the traditional sort of perfect self, to talk about her imperfections, specifically about eating disorders. I was introduced to Caroline Myers Ashing by my friend Liz, um, who said, you really should check out her Instagram feed, um, specifically the work she's doing around inspiring other young women. And so I said, we got to get her into the studio. There was a tropical storm passing through when we did, but Caroline Myers Ashing came in with her mom. I know her mom, Tiffany, and uh, it was an interesting conversation for me, you know, this, this old 63-year-old guy, this boomer, to talk to a Gen Z, a teenager, and a beauty queen at that. But we had a very meaningful conversation, which 
I think you'll get a lot out of, especially if you hang around toward the middle and the end. It's, it's really a lot of fun. Caroline Myers Ashing. Where were you born? Born, I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina, so I've been born and raised here, and I'm a city girl. I'm the first child out of two. I have a little brother. He's 16, but he's six foot two, so he's a lot taller than me. Yeah. Can you boss him around or beat him up? Oh, no. No, no, no. He's so much taller than me, that would not work. Did you ever try to boss him around or beat him up? Well, I boss him around just for fun, but he loves me. It's like a sibling bond. It's what siblings do. So y'all get along. Oh, yes, we do. We're there for each other when we need it. That's awesome. Um, Did your mother ever tell you anything about her pregnancy, labor, and delivery with you? Me? Yeah, your birth story. My birth story? All I know is that she said it was really easy. There was no pain. Um, My dad says that's a lie, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea who's right. So she told you this happy story. Yes, and then my dad was like, no, it was It was a nightmare. (laughs) It was a chainsaw massacre. Yes, that's exactly how he emphasized it. Those are the horror stories that I hear. Oh, really? (laughs) It's a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Myers Park. I just graduated this year. A Mustang. Yes, I'm a Mustang. I love that school. It was Really fun to learn how to grow and just find myself through that school as well. So I've been in that area my entire life, and now I'm going to CP, so I'm just being in my community. I really enjoy it. I'm a home buddy, but I'm eventually going to transfer, and I'm excited for that. Where do you want to go? I want to go to Elon University. It is my dream school. My mom went there, so it would be a good opportunity for me to just fulfill that dream. Um, I want to become a pediatric nurse, so I'd get my BSN over at Elon as well. But at CP, I'm going to get my associates in science, and then I can transfer. Smart. Mm-hmm. That's very smart. It's a very smart route. Uh, when you were a little girl, like two or three years old, how would your mother describe you? Sweet. I've always been a sweet kid. I've also been a very shy kid as well. It was hard for me to really get out of my shell more and become more confident because I've always been so reserved. But that's because I was so sweet. I love to care for others. I'm very empathetic, which is one of the reasons why I do want to go into the medical field, because you're continuing to really impact those and save lives. Uh And I've heard of millennials and Gen Z. Do you do you what? generation are you in? Gen Z, 100%. What's the difference, educate an old boomer? Well, millennials are progressive. They're a very progressive generation, and they've taught their own children to be progressive, which is Gen Z. So we're able to really change what has been going on for, you know, a couple hundred years. And we've been able to implement new laws, new acts, and It's really helped um, the younger generation get involved in their government system, community. We know what's going on, and we have our own right and opinion, and that's what I believe that's the difference between us. So actively socially engaged. Mm -hmm. Now, how about at work? Millennials get this rap for having a poor work ethic, which I think is completely undeserved. How about Gen Z? Well, I work at Bricks on Foxcroft, so I work with millennials and kids my own age and Gen Z. 
And honestly, I think we all work the amount, like the same amount. We all put in the same effort, some more than others, but that's just how it goes. I feel like every, it just depends on the person. If you're hardworking, you're going to work hard. And if you're slacking off, you're going to slack off. That's just how it is. What is your job? My job, I make pizzas in the back. Uh I'm one of the only females. There's a couple females, but usually I'm the only girl back. What's an example in that job? of someone who is hardworking and someone who is like, meh. It's more like putting stuff away, cleaning the floors, making sure the oven's cleaned, um, all that. It's a lot. It's a lot of different different um, tasks you have to do. Why clean your station? Why clean my station? Because I'm a clean freak, personally. I love cleaning. That's my favorite part of the job. That's why I love closing. Everyone always asks me if I want to close. I'm like, yes, please. Because um, we have to wash the floors with a squeaky. It's like a, I don't know, it's like a little mop area thing. And it's just so satisfying. You put the water down the drain, and I love it. That's my favorite part. And I also like flipping the bar, which is where all the pizza toppings are. And you get to clean it, and I'm just a clean freak. I'm trying to figure out why, like why why people are the way they are. (laughs) I do it because it makes me feel accomplished so I can get scheduled more, you know, have more responsibilities as well and just work my way up. Um, I'm asking a little harder question. If they didn't notice, if nobody gave you any attaboys and nobody gave you a better schedule and nobody cared and nobody noticed... Would you still clean your station? I would still do it because it makes me feel satisfied. I know I accomplished something and I did my personal best and I'm just going to keep doing that. They say that the definition of integrity is what you do when no one watches. Where did that come from? My whole life, I've always wanted to be a hard worker. You know, I've been faced with challenges, and I've been able to overcome them because I know that putting in that work, putting in that effort has really led me to where I am today. And most of the time, no one notices, but I notice. And it has really helped guide me to become a strong, powerful woman. Like, I'm confident in myself, and even if it's just cleaning up my station, I love doing it, and it makes me feel accomplished. The way I know you're confident is that you don't break eye contact with me. (laughs) A lot of people say that. (laughs) And the other way I know is that there are not a lot of ums, uhs, you know, like. There's not a lot of... I try not to say that. Especially in pageants, they train us not to say stuff like that. How do you get trained? Um, so you have coaches and they'll train you. My coaches are over Zoom, Michaela Belgus and George Esteban. And they have really taught me how to have to have communication etiquette. Um, like saying, um, you can't say, um, you can't say like, so like and when you're ending a conversation, you can't say, so yeah. Um, or beginning. Yes. Or beginning. And it's really helped push me in the interview, become a better interviewer as well, and just be able to communicate with others properly. Have you ever done that? Can you do that in a beauty pageant? Usually what I do is I sit in silence. I usually would do it for five, maximum eight seconds, but you can think about your question. 
I personally believe if you're thinking what you're going to say, it's not going to go well. You just kind of have to spit out what you're thinking and just go with it. Do you let them know? I Personally, I don't let them know. I just, the silence, I feel like it's just my method of being able to analyze everything. My coach has also taught me staying silent for a second is fine. Just taking in that question and just re-implementing it. You used the euphemism challenges. I sense there's a lot behind that. When you say challenges, plural, what do you mean? What comes to mind? Challenges is just what life throws at you. There are many ups and downs, and you just have to realize that you're strong enough to be able to overcome that. But for the longest time, I did not believe in myself. I didn't have the strength or self-esteem in myself. And about two years ago during COVID, I was facing an eating disorder, anorexia nervosa, and this took a huge toll in my life. I was constantly comparing myself to others on social media, nitpicking at the flaws on my body, and I just wasn't confident in myself. And this is because COVID, I was isolating myself. I was constantly using that social media and really comparing myself towards others, and that was detrimental to my mental health. But I was able to overcome that challenge when I entered my first pageant in January of that following year. And it made me realize that I wanted to recover because I wanted to be a role model to women and knowing that I was having this eating disorder and it was constant and it was still happening, I knew that that wasn't what a role model was. And I took that year to myself after the pageant because I placed second runner-up, but I was able to really just work on myself. And that second runner-up placement was the best thing for me because if I won, I wouldn't have learned anything. And placing second runner-up allowed me to take that year, work on myself mentally and physically by, you know, restoring my weight to a healthy one. And I competed in the same pageant the following year, and I took home the title because I was really able to show my authentic self, show how healthy and happy I was and how confident I was because I was a warrior. And I still am a warrior because I continue to tell myself that I'm strong, I'm worthy, I'm beautiful. And you have to keep telling yourself that because it will help you overall feel better, but know that you're ready for anything, especially when you're faced with challenges. What did anorexia look like for you? Well, for me, it would be more focused on food. I would be afraid to eat certain foods. Like? um, Peanut butter, bread, um, basically anything that wasn't healthy. I would eat salmon. I would eat salad, shrimp, you know, anything with a low-calorie food, more, more towards that. And it started to get worse, and I would portion less and less and less, and then it became an obsession, and that's what really got to my head. I wanted – it became a competition with my own mindset and my mental state, and eventually I was able to get to the point where I would look in the mirror, and I had no idea who was looking back. It was a reflection of a skeleton – And that was my realization that I needed to start recovery because I was afraid that I was going to wake up one morning and or not wake up one morning. And I just felt like weak every single day. I didn't have the energy I had. And I'm pretty I'm a pretty athletic person. So I couldn't do sports anymore. I was too weak to walk and it took a lot of energy for me to talk as well. So I'd stay silent most of the time. And as soon as I started recovery, I 
loved it. It was a huge milestone. Of course, there were ups and downs. It was not easy at all because I had to constantly put more food intake into my portions and continue to work on facing my fear foods because that was a huge struggle towards that recovery process, like eating cookies, eating Greek food, Thai food, all this good food that I love. And um, during the time, it was it was a fear. It was like a horror movie on steroids. It was insane. But after I started facing my fear foods, I was able to just live my life, be happy. And one of the first pe- people that I told, the first person that I told was my cousin Caroline. We have the same name. I love her. And she helped me start my journey towards facing my fear foods. And she was there for me the entire process. She was always there for me, especially when I had my eating disorder. She would always check on me. And I was really able to talk to her about anything. And I believe that's so important. That's what I tell women, to find someone who you can trust and talk to about anything that you're going through because they will help you and they will lead you to becoming the person you want to be. And that's why you need to surround yourself with positive and very uplifting individuals. But once I was able to face my fear foods, I could really just be myself. I love to eat. I still love to eat. I love exploring different restaurants and just being able to hang out with my family and friends and not be afraid of what I'm going to eat next because that was an issue. When I'd go out to eat, I was constantly thinking of, oh, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to eat this. But now I just, you know, live my life. You only live once and just enjoy the food you eat, enjoy the time with your family and just be happy with yourself is what I learned most importantly. What's wrong with being single focused on lean protein, salads, that kind of thing. It sounds healthy. Yes. That's one thing I had to learn throughout that. You're not getting the vitamins, the minerals, the nutrients that you need when you're just focusing on, you know, salads and lean meats. For me, I had to go to the doctor and they wanted me to eat more red meats because I wasn't getting those nutrients in. And you can eat healthy, but it's more of the ingredients. What's in the ingredients? A banana's healthy, yes. A piece of meat is healthy. Ribs are healthy. Um, Anything, it's just if it's processed. The processed ingredients are what is not healthy. But you can eat anything. It doesn't matter if it is processed. You... It's good for your body to take in ingredients no matter what because if you're solely focused on, you know, well, I, what you said about the salads and lean meats, you're not going to get your body nutrients, which is one of the reasons why I would constantly lose weight and I felt weak all the time. It wasn't a good feeling. But when you're really focused on yourself, just eating what makes you feel good and your body feels good off of that, that is what is healthy. Did your brother, mother, father intervene on you? Did they say anything? Were they concerned? Well, my mother, she didn't notice it because we were with, I was with her every single day, and it's hard to really notice changes in someone when you see them every single day. Um, but my father and my brother, I didn't see them every single day since my parents are divorced. So I would go over to my father's house and he would notice and he would tell me that I'm too thin and I would just completely deny it. I would continue to say I am fine, I do not have an eating disorder, I look good, you know, just 
completely in denial. And that's when it became a huge problem when I went on a family vacation during the summer up in Ohio. Everyone noticed. I completely looked different. I looked sick. My soul wasn't really there, as I can try to describe it for you. I was like fading as an individual. I didn't have that personality that I used to have. I didn't have that happiness that I also used to have. And that's when I started getting very annoyed with everyone asking me if I was okay. I was so conf- defensive. Yes, I was so confused. I was like, I am okay, and I wasn't. And and deeply inside, I knew I wasn't, but I continued to have that denial. And that's when it took a couple months after that I started my journey towards recovery because where, I, where were you and what were you doing with your cousin Caroline mm-hmm. when you? said, basically, I have a problem. So I was in Ohio, and that's when everyone noticed. And she was in Ohio, too, and she noticed I had an eating disorder. But no one said anything. And then a couple months later in November, um, we go to Hilton Head during Thanksgiving break. And so during Thanksgiving break, I finally had a conversation with her in the middle of the night. They noticed how thin I was. They could see my bones. They could see um, my face just sunken in. I completely looked, you know, faded. No energy. I didn't want to go swimming because there's a swimming pool and we'd go swimming. I didn't want to play with the kids during um, 4th of July because we go during 4th of July weekend in Ohio. And we usually, you know, shoot off rockets or fireworks and we usually chase them and try to grab them. And I just didn't have enough energy to do that. We usually, okay, this is what we usually do. This is really fun. So do you know what scary animated stories are? It's like animations, but they're scary stories, and it has a narrator with a really scary voice. So we'll binge those, and it is hilarious. They're funny. Like the animations, oh, my goodness. I highly recommend those. So we were staying up watching those, and then I just finally told her, like we got into this conversation about Ohio, and how um, I didn't really enjoy it and that she enjoyed it. And then it kind of went into the, you know, discussion why I didn't enjoy it. And I finally was able to tell her that, you know, I'm not happy with myself. I've been struggling with my self-image. I also have not been eating a lot. I have not had energy. And I knew that I could trust her just because I've known her my entire life. She's been my best friend for so long. And that's why it was easy for me to tell her because she already knew something was wrong, and I picked that up. And what was her response? She told me it's going to be okay. I'm here for you. And as soon as I told her, because I was like, I'm kind of hungry, actually, and we went and binged on all this food. Oh, wow. I mean, it was fun. We got chips, leftover pumpkin pie. It was so much fun. And I felt comfortable eating it. I mean, it was hard, like, to face it. But with her there, eating it, too, really helped me, you know, pick up on that and just live my life. She didn't think about it. She just ate it. And that was what really mesmerized me about her she was just living her life she didn't let food overrun the way she lives and that's what I was doing and as soon as I saw that she just didn't even think about it I wanted to be like that I just wanted to eat the food live my life you know love my body like she does and it's she was really inspiring to me women die of this Mm -hmm. and parents are 
incredibly just beside themselves. How do we as loving family members build those bridges? How do we bridge that gap? How do we get in? How do we, how do we communicate to them? I believe it's not being judgmental. For me, I had issues with my family. They would make comments, and they were not the correct things to say. Like? You're too thin. You're going to die. You look sick. Those comments, they're not, they're not going to help motivate me towards, you know, being recovering or building a relationship with you because you're continuing to criticize me. The thing about Caroline was that she didn't judge me. She just listened. And being able to just have someone to talk to and they don't even need to respond to you, just to be able to listen and be there for you, not make these comments that will, you know, diminish your you know, mental health and your self-esteem. And that's one of the reasons why I trusted Caroline, because she didn't judge me for what was going on. I was able to tell her that I was struggling with this disorder, and she really helped me learn that it's okay to not be okay and that it's going to take a long time to build yourself back up to the way you were. Like for me online, I've been able to create initiatives with my brand shine bright be beautifully and my initiatives are the warrior rock program. What, what is the brand it's shine bright be beautifully and, and how you U, spell it B like b-e and then you y-o-u and then to flee like beautifully and um the you and be beautifully it means that you are strong and that's why i wanted to incorporate that into beautifully because we are we're beautiful but we're strong and one of the initiatives, the Warrior Rock program, we take a pledge and it goes, we are strong, we are beautiful, and we are b- warriors. But we say it saying, like, I am strong, I am beautiful, and I am a warrior. In the beauty pageant world, there's a lot of criticism of beauty pageants mm-hmm. now that um, they would actually feed or fuel these eating disorders. How do you view it? Because you viewed it as a healthy and positive aspect of your recovery. Mm-hmm. I believe that beauty pageants have really, like I said, helped me grow and helped me recover from an eating disorder because I had pageant women supporting me. Their support has led me to where I am today. They helped me create my initiatives. They helped me. So these aren't mean girls? No, no, no. The movies definitely emphasize that, but it's completely false. I've met so many young women who have so many goals, so many ambitions, and already have accomplished so much. And that's what motivated me. They were there for me, telling me that I could recover, that I could create these initiatives, that I could help these young women because they supported me. And that's what I love about beauty pageants. And because we're so progressive as a society, anyone can join a beauty pageant. You don't have to be stick thin. You can have hips. You can be look, you can look like a woman. And that's what I love about the Miss USA and Miss America system. They're building these young women to become future leaders. We're building self-confidence, self-esteem, public speaking skills, and interview skills that we can use for the rest of our life. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. 
Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. Do you have close male friends? Yes. How is it that you are able to have close male friends? Because we all just live life, I guess. I I mean, I love being friends with everybody, especially working in the kitchen at Bricks. I do have to become friends with all the guys back there. I love teaching my male friends about pageants because they have no idea what they are. They're so confused about what they are. What are the biggest misconceptions? Um, I feel like just... The stereotypical pageant patty is what you would say, like rehearsed um, or toddlers and tiaras. That's what they usually think it is, which is glitz pageants. That this person is fake. Yeah, it's like more fake hair, fake nails. It's a different pageant. I do natural pageants, but because of what TLC. I don't know what a natural pageant is. A natural pageant is with interview, um, swimsuit, gown, fitness. That's natural. And then glitz, I'm not too familiar on. How about on. the padded bra and the... That's glitz know. pageants. That's, okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, they'll put them on, you know, younger kids. It's glitz are more for younger kids, I'd assume. I'm not really too familiar. What I find creepy about those is the sexualization of these little girls. That's one controversy with glitz pageants. One of the reasons why I never got involved in that, because my parents didn't want me to be over-sexualized, but if parents are comfortable putting their kids in those situations, then they are able to do it. It's a whole community of people that um, I'm not too familiar with since I've never (laughs) competed in a glitz pageant, but um, I love natural pageants just because it's preparing me for my future, and there are scholarships involved, which is also going to help me get into the college I want to go into. Do you have any girlfriends who say, how can you just be friends with a guy? How can you not either uh, date them or be completely disassociated <laughs> with them? Like, how can you just be friends? And this is something, by the way, I think that Gen Z has a very healthy way. It gets really clear, really defined, yes, really yes. fast. How do you do that? How do you shortcut that? I, I it just happens. I, I mean, <laughs> well, I don't you know. Guys have, you guys have learned something. It's just like an adaption that our generation has been able to do. When I'm friends with guys, I just treat them as one of the boys. You know, I mean, that we're just you know. But friends. surely you have had somebody that you're like, listen, dude, you got to understand. I am not your girlfriend. I'm not going to be your girlfriend. I like you, but I'm never going to be your girlfriend. It it has happened once before, but we're best friends now. I mean, How do you have that conversation? How did that sound? It just, you kind of don't have the conversation. I'm going to (laughs) be honest. You don't really have the, you kind of friend zone them. Yeah. Like, you don't text them all the time. Like, in the beginning, you don't, you know. So they're not misled. Yeah, so they're not misled. You're very direct. You're, like, hanging out with them. You're not, you know. Um, I guess what couples would do, like look into their eyes and blush. You don't do all that. Um, you kind of just joke around, have fun, go out to eat. Does your brother have girlfriend? 
Yes, he's had girlfriends. Okay, and how have you... <laughs> oh, what is your I read? have these spidey senses. Okay, I and know. what do your spidey senses tell you? That my brother does not need to be dating certain people. I'm very protective, though. do you though. tell him that? Yes, I do. And oh, how yes. do you tell him that? I said... I. I <laughs> She said, dude, she is no good for you. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I'm just going to be direct with him. I have to. Because, you know, he's a guy, and I feel like if you're very broad about it, or broad, you just, they won't pick it up. When you just say, hey, I don't think she's the one, he's like, okay, I'll take that into consideration. Doesn't mean he has to act on it, but at least I was working, at least I was looking out for you. Did he ever come back to you and say, Caroline? You were right. Oh, yes. You were right. Oh, all the time. As much as it pains me to say that. Yes. I've been History. right about every single one. Every single one. Oh. I've been right. So one of these days, mm-hmm. he's going to say, and you're going to say, brother, you're right about this one. Mm-hmm. This, this one's a keeper. Yes. Yeah. because He's you... also in high school, though. I oh, mean... okay. Yeah. I, I don't think he's looking for, you know, a wife, but no. I'd hope he'd find wife material. Yeah. Yeah. And are you starting to see a pattern with him? Oh, yes. And the pattern is? Yes. The pattern is what? Well, he he's more of a class clown, I'd have to say. Like, he's smart. He's so smart. And, and so he attracts? He attracts... Do you want, like, the certain type of girls, are you asking? Yeah, like, what, what is it that you're like, dude, you keep dating the same girl over and over again? I think over. it's girls who aren't sure about themselves. Like, they're not confident in themselves. Mm-hmm. They're more still working on loving who they are. And I think that's something that... Well, welcome to middle school and mm-hmm. high school. I mean, who could who is? Yes. Who has their shit together in high school? Exactly, give me, I mean, give me, exactly. Give but I've noticed that... Those are the same girls that he's getting, but it's completely understandable because you're in high school. You know, they're still trying to find themselves. Everyone's still trying to find themselves in high school. (laughs) And that's something that my brother's doing as well. And I definitely support him in everything that he does. There's an author author named Kirk Vonnegut who said, and this will not give you any reassurance, all of life is high school. Beauty pageants, cheerleaders, class presidents, football players. People are who they are in high school. Do you believe that? Um, I, or do you believe people... I don't believe that. I believe really change. people change. Yeah. You grow. And they can I, become somebody completely different. Yes, absolutely. I believe that I've changed throughout high school. I was able to you know, become more confident in myself. Um, if you'd have stayed the girl you were in high school, you could be dead or dying. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Like in the world of recovery, where I come from, recovery from addiction, mm-hmm. it's change or die. Yes. Change or die. Those are the two paths. Mm-hmm. You're going to change, particularly in the day and age of fentanyl. Fentanyl yes. is a game changer. And casual users, there's no such thing as a casual user. Casually using... Any of these substances is Russian roulette because you mm-hmm. have contamination, you have garbage, you know, toxins, highly toxic material. You don't know what you're getting. This is not morphine from the pharmacy, you know. And so change, 
like stay away from all that or die. Mm -hmm. These are the two options. And some people, very frankly, would rather die. They'd rather take the risk. And we're seeing, like, the results of that. So, I mean, this is really personal to me. You know, mm -hmm. like, it's my friends. It's my associates. It's my generation. You know, so, but I think that as a boomer and a Gen Z, we have things to learn from each other. Yes, absolutely. But I think a lot of times the, well, millennials are lazy versus okay, boomer. And then that doesn't bridge that. Yes. That's does. why I think it's important for you and I to talk. Because mm -hmm. there's so much I don't understand. And we can learn from each other. And also Amen. come up with compromises, too. Amen. And also the world of beauty pageants is, like, completely foreign to me, you know. <laughs> I mean, as is the world of Instagram. What I understand is that your message mm -hmm resonates, that you have a very powerful message. Yes, absolutely. So what is that message? It's to tell women that they are a warrior. That is my whole motto throughout my entire platform. I'm helping women realize that they are strong enough to overcome any challenge, whether that be from an addiction, an eating disorder, or any mental illness. They're able to overcome those challenges. It doesn't matter how difficult it might be you can overcome it. And that's what I've been able to do throughout my Instagram. I also host interviews like this, and I interview with other women who have faced challenges, and they're able to use their voice and share their own story to help those watching. And I've had people message me on Instagram, thank you so much, this has helped me. I feel so much better, I'm working on recovery, your message has really inspired me. Those messages is why I do what I do, why I share my message, why I'm here today, why I believe that I've been put on earth. God wants me to share my message, and I'm doing that. Well, I want to talk to you about something, and this is just heavy on my heart. Um, boys and men are having a hard time of it, and... Some of them are seeing this emergence of women in positions of power, large and small, as a threat. And boys are not succeeding. And we're seeing it as a zero-sum game. Like... If girls succeed, oh, my God, they're taking away our power. Like, they're coming for us. Um, you're able to make friends and to see your brother succeed and to be a genuine friend of men. How can we spread the idea that this is an abundant world and there's room for everybody here? And if a woman, particularly a woman of color, succeeds, it is not at my expense as an aging white male. It's actually welcome to the party, welcome to the table. There's plenty of room for everyone here. How does that go about in your daily life? Not only with your brother, who's younger, but with your male friends, your straight-up male friends. How do you communicate, dude, I am not a threat to you. I'm here 
I cheer when you succeed. Well, we are a very progressive society, like I said earlier, and having... Not fast enough. (laughs) Yes, we need to be faster, but having women and women of color in more job opportunities has really allowed us to build a voice. And this voice has led us to where we are today. And getting all these job opportunities has been a huge accomplishment for women because so many years we've been trying to speak up and be loud. And I think that's one stereotype that men have. They still believe that, you know, if they want to be in power, they don't believe a woman should be in a certain position. That can affect their mindset of thinking that they are getting attacked. But once you realize that we all are hard workers and that woman or woman of color has that job opportunity because she is a hard worker, she's not a threat because you can also put in the same amount of effort and you could possibly also get that same job opportunity. It just comes down to being accepted and being understanding of that. It's all about the amount of work. If you have the skills, the talent, the um, experience in that job and What I like to do with my guy friends is in class, let's say, we study for the same test and we get the same grade or around the same grade and it's because we both worked hard for it. So we're both going to succeed in that class. And that's something you have to continue to really um, explain towards others, especially if they do feel attacked. You need to be able to realize that It's mainly about the amount of work and being supportive. And um, if you don't get that job opportunity, realize that it's a minor setback and you can go after another job like you were saying. And that's something I believe that those people who are committing suicide and developing addictions, they're not realizing that there are other opportunities. There's not just this one. And that as a progressive society, we need to continue to realize that. Um, if we got struck by lightning today and the only thing that survived is this little piece of digital audio, uh, what is your legacy? To really empower women and inspire them that they can overcome any challenge. I believe that is so important, especially in today's world, because we are constantly faced with challenges, especially with the pandemic, and being able to realize that you are strong, you are beautiful, and you are a warrior that will help lead you and guide you towards becoming a successful individual. Caroline Myers, thank you. Thank you so much. For braving the big tropical storm outside. <laughs> yes. To come in here to the yes. studio. Anything for you. Oh. Anything. Oh, I don't know about that. But thank you. And thank you for all the work you do. Thank you for having me here and letting me share my story. I appreciate it. Caroline Myers Ashing has competed and won in the Miss Teen USA competitions, won the local um, here in Charlotte. The best way to check out her Instagram feed and the work she does in Shine Bright Beautifully, Shine Bright, is SBB Warriors on Instagram. SBB Warriors. Caroline, thanks for coming in. In Her Words is a production of the Queen City Podcast Network in cooperation with Balto Creative Media. 
Allison Andrews at Andrews Creative, Rachel Clapp Miller and Roshonda Pratt are developmental producers. Sally Higgins at Higgins and Owens tries to keep us legal. Our music is A Day at the Park by the group Pictures of the Floating World. Your announcer is Katherine Smith. That's me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and take a moment to rate and review. It really helps others find us. If you love us, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com. Look for Man Listening. One word, no spaces. A small investment makes a big difference in lifting up the voices of women. A huge shout out and thank you to everyone who has supported Man Listening from the very beginning in whatever way you have, even if it's just sending good energy our way. We need all the help we can get. Thank you so very much. Thank you for your support. We believe one voice can change the conversation. Thanks so much.